There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your our living hope. Your presence. Oh, I've tasted and I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is to be 
There's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth more than that will ever come close. No thing can compare to your our living hope. It's your Tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. For when my heart becomes free, when my shame is up, it's your
thank you. I thank you that even in this time of worship, of seeking your face, that anxiety already realizes its hold on our lives is done. I thank you that in worship, depression is already gone. I thank you today, God, that we realize who lives on the inside of us and that healing is already on the inside of us. And today, Father God, we're going to walk in that healing that's already ours. I thank you today that in worship, Father God, as our voices went forth, the atmosphere shifted. Lord, I thank you that even our children that have left our home and gone a different direction, since the atmosphere changed today, in whatever area, in whatever city, in whatever state, in whatever country they're in now, God, that today, Father God, you're calling your children home. You're restoring families today. Father God, I thank you today that that married relationship that's on the rocks, today, Father God, there was an atmospheric change. Because you are a restorer and you're a restorer of hope. And today, Father God, I thank you that you're restoring marriages today. We believe and we receive the divorce rates in our area are going down. Because your kingdom is moving into number one priority. The advancement of your kingdom in our city. So today, Father God, we believe and we declare and we say, so be it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Move in Jesus' name. Transitions are hard sometimes. Go ahead and take a seat. Stay in the moment. Stay in the in the attitude. Because this is just the beginning of what God's wanting to do in you and through you today. But a couple of housekeeping things here in the house as part of our worship. Because tithes and offerings are part of our worship. It's part of another aspect of really seeing and surrendering who we are to the authority of Jesus Christ. Because I promise you, it's amazing when you begin to witness how much you give out of your time, of your efforts, of your finances, how much God says, here, I'm going to find an available more in the 24 hours than you thought was possible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, at the end of the month, your bank account's not going to be where you thought it was going to be. Because you're learning to be good stewards of God's time and God's finances. God's finances. 
So today, I want to thank you to those that call this place home. I thank you for just being an overwhelmingly generous people. Side note, we got to help a family from Kingston this week that was in one of our hotels that, long story short, they lost everything. Pictures of their house, I promise you, there wasn't a foot of two by four standing straight. They were in a bathtub hunkered down. The door was ripped out of their hand. Their house was shredded to the point that one of the ladies was, best way to say it, was levitated off and she was being sucked up in this tornado. And they grabbed her by her pants and were able to pull her back in. And they just reached out. And because of your generosity, because of what you've done in planting seed and just being continuous at what we do, you were able to give a family hope. Side note, this was the third tornado she's been through that she's lost everything. So we got to pray for her. I gave her my phone number and said, text me. Wherever you move, I want to be 30 miles away. She broke her arm, things of this, but there was hope in the room. And it's because of what you've done and what you're doing that this family saw hope in what was a hopeless situation. You were, whether you were in the room in that moment or time, you were hands and feet of Jesus because of what you've done and what you're doing. So if the ushers would come forward, we're going to pray and we're going to receive. So Lord, I thank you today. God, I thank you that, Lord, if we're looking for a job, that we continue, and I know that job's coming. Lord, if we're looking at, for advancement on our job, we're going to be steady and continuous at doing what we know we're supposed to do because I know advancement will come. Lord, I thank you for our homes. I thank you for our businesses. I thank you for our children, that this is a season of expectancy. And, Lord, we're planting seeds, expecting a harvest because that's what your word says, and we're standing on your word. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of housekeeping, April the 9th at 2 p.m. is our men's gathering. There will be addresses out next Sunday because we're going to go out. We're going to go out to a shooting range and we're going to have some fun at Dudes. So we're going to have some fun at Dudes. So there's a couple of those. It is shotgun and pistol only. No long rifles. And bring a lawn chair. But we're going to have fun. We're going to eat together. We're going to have a blast. And so officially this morning, I'm letting you know that Easter Sunday... We are doing two services on Easter Sunday. We are doing a 9 a.m. and an 11 a.m. Yes, last year we had no room. So we're going to try something that I have drugged my feet and drugged my feet and drugged my feet and drugged my feet. So we're going to do a 9 and 11. So if you can be a part of the 9, please come. The 9 a.m. will be a family service. There will be no child care. It's just an opportunity to come in and worship, to, to go through communion together, but to be family. We'll have children's services for the 11. Also, the youth will be doing their thing here on stage at the 9 and the 11, and the children will be doing something at the 11. So I wanted to get all the announcements out of the way because I'm expected. Are you expected this morning? No, come on now. Are you expected this morning? Are you expectant that when we ask the Holy Spirit to move among us, that when we ask the Father to come and move and breathe, that He's going to do it? Are you expectant that He's going to respond? So, in a timely and orderly fashion, go check your kids in. Grab you a cup of coffee if you can, but be back in just a few minutes. Let's do this.
let's enter back into this time of worship together um, before we just let the Lord loose. Am I right? <laughs> Actually, I don't think we can let the Lord loose. I think he's God in heaven and he can do whatever he wants. But we trust that he's good. Amen. 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 Why don't you guys stand with us? Never gonna let me down 
began to, to look at what this weekend would look like. And we were in the middle of our 21 days of fast. And the phone call, I got a phone call and said, what do you want? I said, whatever you got. I said, right now we're, we're so primed for whatever, I'll take whatever you give. I don't know, my mind is exploding and what's the possibilities. And a few weeks later, we, we met via Zoom, which, AKA, I hate Zoom. Uh, you know, it's just, it's horrible. But we had our Zoom meeting. And these two ladies prayed over our church and over my wife and I. It changed the way I feel about Zoom. I'm like, okay, Zoom might not have been created by the devil. But they prayed a prayer that was using wording that we use on a daily basis here without them knowing those are wordings that are specific that we use a lot. So it built some expectancy in my heart. And then it's been one thing after another of just building expectancy. To even experience in this week some things going on in our community that have just gone to heightened levels of the demonic let's just be real I know we're on the verge of something I don't know what it looks like but I got my seatbelt on and I'm ready to go so we have a couple of ladies here that although they come from California we still welcome them no, no, no. no one of them I know in, in particular likes the crimson and cream so, we have two ladies here with us today that I'm just saying, go, you do, whatever, it's an open-ended story. So, Miss Johanna, would you step up here first? This is Miss Johanna Wilson. She's the chief academic officer, I found out. A big, fancy title for Bethel, for their college area. And then we have Miss Katie Harris, who's a spiritual life pastor. So, normally I would say give a Victory Life welcome, but there's more than Victory Life in the room today. So would you stand and welcome them with an Ardmore, Oklahoma welcome? And with a very loud Boomer Suno! Hey, Jeremy, before you go anywhere, why don't you come back up? You're in trouble. Yeah, we just want to honor you and Mandy. You, um, is she here? Is she in? Oh, she's in Children's Church. Beautiful. Oh. Yeah, we want to honor you. And for the hunger that you have and the expectancy that you have and you've created in this community, in this church. And we would just want to say a blessing over your family, a blessing over everything that you have put your hands to. And just to honor the way that you have been so surrendered and that you've said yes to whatever it looks like. The way that you've said yes to God and the call, no matter the cost. And I know that it's cost you something. And so we just, we just say yes to the redemption and yes to everything being restored that's been lost because of your yes. We say that God is so good and that he's so for you and for this church and he's backing you up 
And I had just, while we were in worship, I saw a company of angels that were an army around and encamped around this area and around you, a hedge of protection that he sent out before you. And we just bless, we bless this family. We bless you financially, that there would be provision, that you would have a backing behind you. We bless your business. We bless your goings and your comings. And we bless this congregation and what God's doing here. We bless the acceleration that's happening in this church and where God's taking you. And we just, we thank you so much for having us and we honor you for saying yes and uh, for the sacrifice, you're so resilient, the two of you, so resilient. And even when the storms come in the natural and the supernatural, um, you stay firm. And we just honor that in your life. Yeah, when we prayed for you guys a couple weeks ago, you know, you ha I had alignment on my back. And I just hear the Lord saying, you know, <laughs> By the way, prophecy sometimes gives you weird pictures, so just hang with me. I heard the Lord say, it's like braces, right? When we get our braces, our teeth are out of alignment, and it hurts, and it's painful sometimes. But the end result is glorious. It's beautiful. It actually helps us speak better. It helps us, our lives be better. And I hear the Lord say that I've, I know that things have been twisted, and I know things have been an adjustment, but you're coming to the fulfillment of alignment, and that the braces are coming off. I hear God also say that he's going to set his spirit in here just like a retainer. And it's not going to be something where you have to keep going and getting visits, that it is going to be permanent. It is something that the alignment within uh, this church and within this land, I thought it was funny you said 30 miles. Um, I, I hear the Lord saying, I'm giving you influence 150 square miles. And that's... Um, because you guys have been so obedient to the word of the Lord. You have sacrificed so much. It is incense to him. I just, just a side note, I also see the Lord's look at your sacrifice that's at the throne. And it's before him. And he's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And because of that sacrifice, because of you going after unity, going after alignment, you're not just going to see miracles here in Ardmore. The deliverance that's happening in Ardmore, I mean, you guys are kicking the devil out of Ardmore. It's going to extend 150 miles around here. And, and Mandy, I heard the Lord say, I mean, we're both women, right? And you're, you're a woman. And unfortunately, we live in Oklahoma, and we've been fighting this mindset of women can't be powerful preachers. And we're standing on this stage today. And you hear the Lord say, your voice was stolen, but today it's restored. That every single time religion has tried to say that you are not enough, that you have to be lower, that God is saying, that's not my plan for you. That's not my purpose for you. So I just break off that curse right now in Jesus' name that said your voice does not matter and you have to be quiet because of your gender. In the name of Jesus, I'm calling you up to where the Lord has called you to be, that you are mighty. And you don't just have to do children's ministry or women's ministry. I hear the Lord saying, you're going to walk into businesses. And businesses that were bankrupt will come into the fruition of their purpose of God because of what you carry and who you are. Because of what you're standing in. 
nothing's wrong with children's ministry or women's ministry, don't get me wrong, but I know that we sometimes here in Oklahoma pigeonhole women into those things, and I hear the Lord say, there's more for you. That people will come out of financial debt because of who you are and what you carry. There's breakthrough happening in Armour because of the voice in you. So I just release that right now in Jesus' name. And I just declare a hedge of protection. Um, I come against the spirit of, of offense that would be offended by this word. Not out here in Ardmore and just declare that you have no right. You cannot touch this word in Jesus' name. And we release, Lord, unity, alignment, and truth. That these two are called to greatness in this area. I, and I hear again the Lord say the ground is good. Yeah, and just as women, we bless you and we cheer you on where there might have been other women that were um, even offended at you or come against you. We just bless you as women and say um, we're not jealous of you. We actually want you to go farther than us. We want you to go forward. We are for you and we just bless you. Yeah, and then Jeremy. <laughs> I, I saw the Lord, I saw when you were lifting your hands, I, I saw the Lord turn your hands to gold. And, um, and then that, that's in two ways. That's financially, but also we've been getting just a lot about the glory of the Lord this last week, just in prayer. And I hear the Lord say that um, as you touch things, as you touch things in ministry in the church, as you touch some people here, the glory is going to fall. And that... The, the spiritual influences here in, in Ardmore that you guys have been fighting against, because you'll put your hand to it, it'll fall because the glory is in your hands. So. Uh, I'm Katie Harris, and I am a spiritual life pastor at the School of Ministry um, in Reading. And this is Johanna, my friend. We are actually from Oklahoma. So we moved, we moved, well, actually, you moved first. And then two years later, my husband and I and our three kids followed. So, so um, I'm Johanna. I'm the chief academic officer of Bethel College at Bethel. So, um, She's the boss. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the boss that nobody knows about because I'm, I'm in the background making sure everything's working. Um, but yeah, Katie and I have been friends for 17 years. We like to say our friendship was born uh, hundred about an hour east of here in Atoka, uh, Oklahoma, um, through a, a ministry we were involved in. And then, yeah, my husband and I, we moved to, to Reading in 2014, just following the Lord. And Katie and Will decided, Katie, husband, Katie's husband's name is Will, decided they needed to hang out with us more, and so they decided to move out with us. They actually lived with us for a year and a, for a month and a half when we moved out to Reading. So, um, yeah, we, I have three boys uh, and a husband that are in Reading right now, and um, we are just so pumped to be here. This is... We actually didn't plan matching either. Oh, no, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. All right, well, so we just really um, wanted to touch on and just teach a lot on the, the gift of prophecy and how, I mean, you just experienced a little bit of it right there, but how it is actually for everyone. That is something that is um, 
available to us because we we have one God and we have one Spirit. Um, so, you know, one of the things that's really important with the gift of prophecy for you to understand is that God is still speaking. Yes. You know, we have. Um, sorry, my sister is over there. <laughs> I just saw her. <laughs> she came from Oklahoma City. I'm gonna embarrass her. Um, anyway. We have a God that wants to be alive and in your life and speak to you now. It's not a God in the Old Testament where prophecy died. Uh, prophecy is for today, and he is still speaking to you today. He wants to communicate with you, and he really, it's really important that we are actively listening to his voice just to experience the variety of ways God communicates. I mean, how many of you have children in this room, right? Um, I communicate with my kids probably 7,000 different ways. I talk to them. I hug them. And I each text one them. Of, yeah, each I, one of them in a different way, yeah, too. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And God's exactly the same way. Um, but just just a few verses. I, 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 who brought their Bibles today? If you brought your Bible and your phone, you brought your Bible. It still counts. It still counts. Uh, we're going to look at John 10, uh, 2 through 3. One of my favorite translations is actually called the Passion Translation um, because it really takes, it takes the heart of the Father for us and it shows his true, unabashed passion for you. So I'm going to read a little bit through the Passion Translation when I read for you guys today. Uh, but John 10, 2 through 3 says, But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate because the gatekeeper knows who he is. He opens the gate to let him in, and the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. For he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to them. I love this, the way this verse puts this because it's like we have such a great relationship with the shepherd, with the Lord, that everybody around that's involved with us like, is going to see and know that God is with us. Like it's the way the Lord wants to be with you all is that it is so common that you hear from the Lord, that you speak out his truth, that everybody around you is, is, knows, knows who he is and is, is prepares the way for him to come in. Another verse, um, just to talk about how, how much God loves, loves to talk to us, Matthew 4, 4, it says, he answered, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. So prophecy is, is a way for us as humans to be the mouth of God. And life comes through prophecy. And the last verse, um, not today, but the last verse, just to, to talk a little bit about this. Um, today, as, as we speak, we are going to do some activation. We'll probably prophesy over some of you. Uh, one of the things I just want to touch on is you may see people react a certain way to the word that we're giving, to the prayer that we're, we're giving. Um, and, and I want you to know that this is actually biblical. Um, in Acts 2.17, um, it talks about, it says, uh, these people were not drunk like you think they are, for it was only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says... This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will bring upon all my servants, men and women alike, 
and they will prophesy. So sometimes when I talk to my older son, Sam, the way he experiences my communication with him is a little different than the way my son, Daniel, experiences my communication with him. My son, Daniel, is then Sam wants me to hug him all the time. That's how I communicate with him. My son, Daniel, does not want me to touch him. He thinks mom's gross. So my way that I show I love him is he, actually he receives gifts. That's how he receives gifts. But the way he experiences me is different. They're both very different. And so as we prophesy today, as we pray over you, you're not always going to have the same response to what we're doing as the person next to you. And the person next to you might be doing something a little funky and strange. Don't worry about them. Okay? I'll, like, I have friends who end up on the floor after every single church service, rolling around, laughing their heads off. That's not how I experience God. I, I actually don't usually have a physical sign, but my, my body is on fire. That's, that's how I experience God. So I just want to establish when we prophesy, there's different ways that the Lord shows up in you and around you. And if something weirds you out, just grab, grab your pastor and just tell him all about it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm setting you up. Um, but one of the things I, 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 like Katie and I said, we've been in Oklahoma forever. And one of the things I actually had to fight when I started to really step into this gift of prophecy is that um, I had this disbelief that it's not okay to actually desire to, to prophesy. I was told for a while that uh, you had to be the, in the office of the prophet, you had, to be, uh, you had to be specifically ordained by your leadership that you are in the office of the prophet, and that's the only person who can prophesy. And, um, and a few years ago, about eight years ago, I began to read in 1 Corinthians, um, and also, yeah, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and I'll kind of get back to how the Lord broke this off of me. But um, I, I began to read it, and it talks about earnestly design, desiring the gift of prophecy. And so I just had in my head, like, well, if it's only supposed to be for the office of the prophet, then why does God say I'm supposed to earnestly desire this? Like, that doesn't make sense. That seems contradictory. And so I, I dived into the scripture more. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 10, it's going to be a long one, guys, so hang in there. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Remember how I talked about people are going to experience God a little bit different than you do. And that's just the activities, right? But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to the other the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to the other the working of miracles, to the other prophecy, to the other of discerning spirits, to the other four different kinds of tongues, to the other interpretation of tongues. So the gift of prophecy is one of the nine gifts that's given freely, right? But what I want you to notice in that verse, how many times did it say, of the same spirit? It says it over and over and over again. God is the same. All of these nine gifts are not specifically, like, you can have access to all of them. It's free to you, okay? We're talking specifically about prophecy today, 
But you know what? Like, you don't have to be a special person in order for somebody to get healing through your prayer. You don't have to be a special person for you to have divine wisdom. In my role at my job, I actually, I'm not a pastor. I speak to students all the time. But I, I, one of the gifts the Lord has given me is wisdom. I, actually, I have to build a structure at my at, at church, at Bethel Church, so that we can continue to grow and go after revival in the Lord. So I, I am given access to the spirit of wisdom in my job every single day. And I feel like it's important to say this as we're talking about prophecy. Because some of you are not called to be on the stage. Some of you are called to be in your businesses growing them. Some of you are called to make money. It's okay. Some of you are called to counsel people, to be in an office every single day and hearing the tribulations of people's lives. Like, God has, you are just as important. I'm just going to take a second. I'm going to come against this lie that, that we as Christians have, that if I don't stand on the stage and preach, I'm not as important. Um, we're going to do something. We're, I'm going to ask you guys to, to, to trust us a little bit. If you have ever believed that, be vulnerable, guys. If you have ever believed that I'm not doing what God's called me to do because I'm not a pastor of a church, I want you to stand up. It's okay. Because you're not a minister. Because you're not the worship leader. Because you're not leading... A women's group. You're not leading the small group. Can my team get up and go around these people, please? We have 20 students that are with us, by the way, guys. These guys are fire. I'm going to pray over you guys. So, God, in Jesus' name, Guys, just prepare your hearts, and I want you in your mind just to think about the people that have ever said that or any time you've been in a situation where you felt like, I'm not doing what God called me to do because I'm not a pastor. I'm not. My calling on my life is not as important. If you've ever felt that, too, that my calling on my life to business, to the medical profession, to education, to counseling is not as important because I'm not a pastor or I'm not in ministry, quote-unquote ministry, you can stand up as well. God, I just ask, Lord God, that we release, every, we just forgive every person who has ever put us in any, any ministry, any conference, any, anything, any conversation we've had, anybody who's ever downgraded our calling because it doesn't look like a pastoral calling. Lord, we just forgive them right now in Jesus' name, and we release, Lord God, that power over us. And God, I just ask, um, just in your hearts, do this with me. I ask for forgiveness for allowing man to tell me what you've called me to do is not as important. God, just forgive, forgive us, God, for saying what I do every day is not as important. I'm, I, I'm not enough. Because, Lord, your truth says we are enough. I break off every lie. I render every lie false in Jesus' name that says 
that you have to be a certain way in order for you to be living the life that Christ placed within you. Every single piece of shame or guilt that is trying to tell you you are not enough because you are not doing what somebody else is doing because your call is different is broken right now in the name of Jesus. We reverse those lies and we call forth your destiny. We call forth your purpose. Lord, I declare over these people, Father, that in the next few days and weeks and months, they have divine appointments with you. They have opportunities to share who you are, to prophesy and to pour in to those around them in the calling that they have, God. I just speak blessing and increase to their purpose. I speak blessing and increase to all you've called them to. declare that. Hey, guys, give them a hand for being vulnerable. I honor you guys for standing up. That's hard. All right, so moving back. Okay, so, but with that, um, you know, they work together. These nine, these nine gifts, they work together, and they're all given us by the same spirit, right? Um, and you have access to all these gifts because the Holy Spirit gives it to all of us. It is not, he's, the Bible says that the Lord is not a respecter of persons, right? So he's going to give it to you if you want it. You, he says desire it. In Corinthians uh, 1, 14, 1 through 5, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, it says pursue love. First of all, that's so important. Pursuing the love of God is more important than pursuing and desiring the gifts. Okay, let's just put that out there. But that's what's amazing, right? Love of God is awesome. Uh, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. It's in that verse. Desire the gifts, but he puts an emphasis, especially that you may prophesy. And here's the reason why. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, which is great. That's what we need to do. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. So God wants us to pursue love. He wants us, he desires us to have spiritual gifts, especially prophesy. And the reason for it, it says in that, ver that verse, is to edify us, is to exhort us, and to comfort us. You know, we go out um, all the time, and we meet people on the street. We meet people in churches. I meet people in business meetings. Um, I was telling Jeremy, or Pastor Jeremy, on the back of my computer, you see all these stickers. I don't, it's not because I collect stickers. Um, with my job, I meet Christians, Holy Spirit Christians in all of these companies or ministries that are like on fire. God's called me to be here, um, and I, they give me a sticker, and I promise to pray for them. So that's what that's for. But we go out, and we, we pray over people, and we prophesy over people to edify them. I have a friend in Facebook. She is an evangelist at Facebook. Like, she's called. She's met with Mark Zuckerberg. She's prayed over him. She's called to be in Facebook. And 
when she prophesied to Mark Zuckerberg, when she prophesied to the COO, when she prophesied to people in there, it's to edify them. It's to let them know that Jesus loves them and he sees them. And so that's why God says, I want you to desire prophecy over all these gifts because people first need to know that God loves them. He said, pursue love. So if we are experiencing, we are showing people how they can experience God through prophecy, we are introducing them to a new level of love from the Father. So prophecy is something that is simple for you to access because God wants his church to be encouraged by it. I know sometimes in, in, in the past, in my darkest, hardest times of my life, a friend of mine would just text me or Katie would call me and just say, hey, I hear the Lord say, and just give me a word of encouragement or give me a word of comfort. And that changed the way I was believing for myself that day. Just taking that small step of saying, hey, I hear the Lord say that you're gonna have breakthrough, actually helped me get the breakthrough. Because I was in my own circle of how is this going to end? How is this going to change? My life is horrible. And, and a friend stepping in and saying, no, I hear the Lord say you have breakthrough in your life. Actually edified me and comforted me. And helped me know that God's, all the prayers I've been praying every single morning, night and day and night, God hears them. And this is a sign that he hears them. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, trying to, to, we desire to say what God we decided to say what God is saying is to help people grow in their identity and discover God's given purpose and value. Okay, so it's also very important when we prophesy to help people come into their value and their purpose and understand the calling God has for them. You know, and it's freely. It's a sign of his mercy. Um, I will tell you that the gift of prophecy is not a sign of his approval. It, we have, you don't have to be super special or be the best Christian in the world in order to prophesy. He's not a respecter of persons. But we do have to know, um, you know, it's a gift. It's not a reward. We didn't do anything to earn it. Actually, in, in, that, in that chapter, in, in uh, chapter 14, when it uses the word gift, the Greek word for it is um, charisma, which means favor of which one receives without merit of his own. You cannot earn the gift of prophecy. It is given to you because you desire it. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The gift of prophecy lives in you. It doesn't validate our walk with God. I know that probably some of you have seen prophets who messed up. You know what? God wants to get us where we're at, and sometimes he'll use people who are messed up to get us to get our attention. So it's, it's not, there's nothing you can do to receive to have this gift, God gives it to you. Um, what you know, one of the another thing when I was growing up in when I say growing up spiritually growing up, um, I had prophets that would would do fire and brimstone, would condemn, would be in in my face and tell me all these things that were wrong with me and how my life is messed up. And um, Again, I went back to scripture and was like, but prophecy is about edifying. Prophecy is about exhorting. Prophecy is about comforting. So why am I hearing words from the Lord about how I'm not doing the right thing? Not that God doesn't convict. Don't get me wrong. 
So we've decided, and, and it's really important as pastors at Bethel, uh, we decided that when we get a prophetic word for something that's negative, we actually stop, ask the Holy Spirit for the solution, and prophesy the solution. So an example would be, let's say, um, I'm going to use a very serious example, okay? There are there's kids in here? Okay. Uh, I just want to protect protect the children. Um, if God told me the person I'm praying for, prophesying over, has um, addiction to pornography, and, and I feel it heavy that this person is addicted to pornography, it would be embarrassing for that person for me to say, and God says you have an addiction to pornography, and if you don't get your life straight, then you're, you know, you're going to mess up your marriage. Like, that would be so, so embarrassing and so shameful. And that's not who God is. God is not shameful. So what I would do is I would instead go, okay, Lord, I feel pornography. I, I hear pornography so heavy. What do I do? How do I, how do I pray for this? And what he de- would do is he would say, you're going to speak purity into them. You're, the solution is instead you go, I, hear, I see the Lord saying he is calling you to a life of purity, that your future is pure that your future is innocence. That actually, the person will take that prophecy and go back to the Lord and go, okay, what does that look like? Because nine times out of 10, they're probably already dealing with the shame of the pornography addiction or whatever's going on in their life that the Lord is showing, right? So to get a comforting word from the Lord that says, actually, I believe in you. I believe you can kick this thing in the head. It's going to be the, the catalyst for change. But me going after them with a negative word and saying, you're sinning, and the Lord says you're sinning, and you're going to hell, it's, it's just going to cause shame. We can still cause conviction through kind words. We can still have conviction for people through the solution of how God really sees them. I don't know about you, but my kids, when, when they're doing things that are wrong, if I yell at them, I get less of an action of what they want them to do than when I get in their, their face and go, I love you. You're not being who you are right now. Yeah, and that's how God is. He's not a God of punishment. He already took care of punishment on the cross. So he's a God of discipline, but he's not a God of punishment. Punishment says you are what you did. And discipline says, I see where you're going and you can't take this with you there. So it's a completely different spirit. So when we're when we're prophesying, we're prophesying out of a spirit that's of love, and love is never is never gonna cause fear. A spirit of fear is never coming from the Lord. He's never gonna cause you to fear. Yeah, you know we we believe in mining the gold in somebody, is is getting down in the dirt, and finding hearing the Holy Spirit for what is good and what is encouraging for them um, because their lives are, are more changed through that. My kids, you know, psychology actually says if you want to change a behavior, the, a positive reaction to the behavior actually helps you change the behavior faster than a negative one. Yeah. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's the love of God that draws people to him. Yeah, so um, God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. Some people see pictures. 
Some people um, hear his voice audibly. I personally don't hear his voice audibly. He usually, it's a knowing or a feeling with me. So, um, or I'll see a picture in my mind's eye. He'll show me something about someone. But there's so many different ways that you can actually hear God's voice. But what I want to do is I want to lay a foundation of what God's voice sounds like. So God's voice doesn't sound condemning, angry, punishing. God's voice sounds like love, acceptance, fully accepted, and it lines up with scripture. So if somebody gives you a prophetic word, it's actually two parts responsibility. It's the person that's giving the word that's responsible, but it's also you who's receiving the word that is responsible to take that word and ask the Lord about it and to ask counsel about it. Ask, your, ask the people that you trust in your life, does this sound like the Lord? Do you see this in my life? So you're both responsible both ways. And, um, you know, sometimes we fail. You know, sometimes we give a word and it, we miss it. And you know what? That's okay because we're all learning. So sometimes my kids make mistakes. It doesn't change the way I love them. It doesn't change the call that God has on their life just because they make a mistake. So we believe in cleaning up messes. So if you make a mess, you clean it up. If you make a mistake, you clean up your mess. And we believe in a God that actually empowers you to clean up messes. And he helps you to restore relationship when you mess up. So you might give a word to somebody as you're learning. And you can actually get feedback from them. Hey, does this resonate with you? Is this what you feel like God is saying? And we can learn from that. So there's been times, too, where I have I've delivered it poorly. So... One time, God showed me a picture of someone and a, kind of a scenario, and I said what I thought I was interpreting that meant. And they said, actually, that doesn't really mean anything to me. It doesn't resonate. And I said, well, let me just tell you what I actually saw. And I told them what I saw, and they, oh, yeah, that resonates with me. Yes, I know what that picture means for me. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't deliver it well, but I'm not going to stop delivering what I believe the Lord's saying just because I get it wrong one time. I'm going to keep going. So just because you you try prophecy and it doesn't go so well for you, push past the discomfort. We're all learning. We're all learning to hear God's voice. And the thing is, is if you are prophesying to somebody to encourage them, you know, if you make a mistake the worst thing that can happen is you encourage them. But if you actually hear the voice of God, the best thing that can happen is they actually hear God's encouragement for their life. So, well, yeah, and I just also want to say, like, you are not a false prophet if you get it wrong. Okay? Like, that's something really heavy <laughs> that people put on themselves. If I get this wrong, then I'm a false prophet, and I'm not in the will of God. You're not a false prophet if you get it wrong. You made a mess. We love to say that around our, around our community. You made a mess. You clean it up. You say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm just trying. And I felt like that's what the Lord said. And if I got it wrong, I'm, I'm really sorry. But can I pray for you anyway? I want to show you the love of God. It's, it's how your heart posture is. Yeah, and I want to just say, did you know 
the first time that the enemy spoke in the Bible, he questioned what God said to Eve. He said, did God really say? That was literally the first time that the devil spoke in the word, did God really say? So I just want to address the voice of accusation because you can hear, I, I want you to know that when you hear God's voice, it doesn't, it's not going to sound like accusatory. So if you're hearing accusatory language, if you're feeling shame because of what you're hearing, that's actually not God speaking to you. And so we don't try to familiarize ourselves with how the devil sounds or what, the, the, what it sounds like. We familiarize ourselves so much with the voice of God and what that sounds like that when we hear anything opposite, it's a red flag right away. Like, that's, that's not the voice of my father. He would never say that. And so I just want to say, if, if you're listening to the voice of accusation that's saying, I'm not enough, that's not him. And so when we're giving words to, we know that when we hear God's voice, it sounds encouraging. It sounds kind. It sounds loving. And you can hear him in all different ways. We talked about that, but you can have a knowing. Some people hear God in nature, scripture, the audible voice, coincidence. Have you ever had seven coincidences in one week and you're like, what is this about? I keep seeing this one word or I keep, that can often be God speaking to us, getting our attention. He speaks to us through dreams, inspired thoughts, thoughts that you know you wouldn't normally think. I'll, I'll even say, when I am stressed at work, the Lord will show me one, two, three, four, like it's right now on the screen. It says one, two, three, four. Um, and he's reminding me that he's putting things in order. I'm, I'm, uh, my gifting is apostolic. I'm called to the office of, of the apostle. And so I know that I'm on the right track, even if things are stressful, or I can't seem to figure out what we're supposed to do because the Lord... <laughs> This is really cracking me up. You really, one, two, three, four, um, <laughs> or three, two, one. So that's how, that's for me, for my personal relationship with the Lord, how I prophesy to myself, which you can do, by the way, how the Lord speaks to me is, is he's found that unique way to show me those numbers, one, two, three, four, or, or two, three, four, or three, two, one, or one, two, three, to tell me, I got it. It's coming into order. You're calling things into order. So that's just an example of how God speaks. Yeah. Um, and no good father would ever get angry at his kid for wanting to hear his voice. And I'm not going to get upset with my kid if they don't hear me the first time. It's actually my responsibility to make sure that my kids hear me, not my or not their responsibility to hear my voice. So I just want to, I just want to encourage you that um, he's not up there angry with you because you're not hearing him properly. It's not who he is. He's actually um, committed to hearing his voice. That's why coincidences. He speaks all the time. And I just want to address something really quickly. If you're believing the lie that God doesn't speak to you or you don't hear his voice, so God is always speaking. And if you don't, if you feel like you can't hear his voice, then there could be something blocking that. And that would be a lie that the enemy's placed in your, in your mind. Like, I can't hear God's voice. I'm not enough. The voice of shame. 
So the voice of shame says, if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. So if you have that voice of shame because maybe you have sin in your life or maybe there's something that you're struggling with, it's hard to go before the throne. We think that we have to be perfect to approach God or to hear his voice or that he's punishing us. He's um, with, withdrawing his affection or his love from us if we're not doing everything perfectly. And that's not true. That's not the voice of God. So if you're believing the lie that you can't hear his voice, I would just want to tell you it's a lie. The devil's a liar. You can hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah, and so just practically, we avoid dates, mates, and babies unless you really have a strong word from the Holy Spirit. Because it's not actually my job to control people or tell people what to do. It's their responsibility to hear the voice of God for themselves. Now, if you feel like, you know, you're, you're thinking, oh, I wonder if this person wants kids. You could actually ask questions. Hey, do you, are you wanting kids? Do you have kids? Are you married? And then you can, you can ask the questions and then say, are you wanting kids? Can we just pray for that? So you might have that inclination. I feel like God wants to give them a child. But instead of saying, God's giving you a child, you can say, hey, are you wanting kids? Can we pray for that for you? And because, because people can get hurt with the prophetic if you give them, if you miss it, if you're, not, if you're not actually guarding, helping to guard that person's heart and telling them, go to the Lord with this. When I give a risky word, I tell people, I say, hey, this is a risk for me. I'm stepping out in faith, but I want you to take this to the Lord. I want you to ask him about this word. Yeah, we, we do with mates and dates as well, because like she said, if, if you get the date wrong, if you're saying tomorrow you're going to meet your wife, she's going to be everything that the Lord ever, you ever wanted, and she doesn't show up, people are going to question the Lord and the word of the Lord. So Katie's right. We typically in those three areas just say shift from declaring and prophesying to praying. Hey, are you wanting to get married? Is there somebody in your life that you really feel the Lord has told you that you're supposed to marry? Can we pray about that together? Um, and, and that way you guard their heart and you protect yourself. You also protect their relationship with God because we don't want disappointment to come in. When that prophetic word, when it was that exact, again, we're not saying, like, if you feel strongly, but if, if the, the, the word comes in and it's not exact and it doesn't happen, then disappointment comes in and that affects their relationship. So really in those three areas, we really recommend changing it to a prayer instead of a, a, a prophetic declaration. Yeah, and you can be simple. You know what I love is we like to do prophetic in the kids' ministry. And I love their prophetic words because they're so simple and they're, they don't have Christianese, you know, all that like fancy language. Sometimes, have you ever just like stopped and listened sometimes when we talk and then thought like, what does that mean? I've had, I've had non-believers come in and go, what does that word mean? Like when people say, I, you know, have a feeling or what, what does that mean? 
or I see a picture. Are you talking about my Facebook? Did you see my picture on my Facebook? I don't, I don't understand. So we can simplify, and, and that's why I love doing it with kids because they're so simple and their language is so pure. Um, and it's not all flowery. And you don't always have to have the interpretation for what you see and what you hear from God. You can actually just tell people what you see and what you hear and let them get the interpretation for it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, let's try something out. It'll be fun. So often, if we are prophesying over someone, we like to just look and see who we feel like God's highlighting. We say highlighting somebody who stands out to us for one reason or another, or we feel drawn to, and we feel like the Lord is on that person. So we're going to just hear the Lord real quick. Actually, I'm feeling really drawn to this lady right here. You're like one, two, three, four rows back. It's not you. It's right behind you. Yes. The paisley looking shirt. You. you. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's you. Come on down. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to come down. <laughs> this isn't the price of right. The price is right. Oh. Yeah. I was just really drawn to you. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like the Lord just wants you to know that you're seen. He sees you. I feel like that's why he had me pick you out right now. Cause he just wants you to know that, um, some, girl from Oklahoma to California and back to Oklahoma you were highlighted and so I feel like the Lord he sees you and he hears your prayers he hears the desires of your heart and he wants you to know that he knows you heaven knows you and heaven's backing you up And I really just feel like there's such um, a perseverance in you. And it's been, I feel like, maybe a, a, a tougher season. But the Lord, I feel like he's shifting seasons for you. And you're actually going to move out of a season of um, almost mourning or sadness and into a season of joy and gladness. And he's surrounding you, and he is, um, he's going to send you community. I feel like a community of, I see a couple of women coming around you that um, really just champion you. And it's been, I feel like, a desire of your heart to just have good friendships. And the Lord's going to bring really good friendships to you. And I just see, I don't know if you um, have a desire to write or if you do write. Um, but there's just something on your voice and what you carry um, that needs to be heard. That need to, people need to hear what you have to say. I feel like there's something on your story, something on your testimony of where you've come from and where you're going that's really important for people to know. And so, Father, we just thank you. We bless. What was your name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Father, we bless Jennifer. We bless what you're saying over her and. We thank you, God, that she's anointed and that your spirit is upon her. In Jesus' name. Do you feel encouraged? Yeah. Did any of that resonate? Did it feel like it was on? 
Okay, so I'm just gonna explain. I was drawn to her and then I saw, whenever I started talking about her writing, I just saw a picture in my mind's eye of a pen on paper and then I saw a book and, it, and to me that represented a story and I feel like it's in her story, her story was really important. I saw the word important in my mind. And so I'm just saying what I'm seeing to her. And then um, sadness, I just saw, I just saw like trees that to me represents seasons, like uh, leaves falling from trees, seasons changing. And that's what I saw in my head. And then I saw, um, like dancing and joy. And so coming into that season. So those are the, that's the way that I hear God is pictures. And I just say what I see. And I've gotten, um, had a lot of experience. So I've tried out different things. And I know how God speaks to me in certain ways. I can feel certain things. And so that's just one way. Well, and Katie also asked for feedback. And it's not because Katie doesn't think she heard from the Lord. It's, it's we're trying, we're risking, we're learning. And it's, it's good to say, hey, is, does that connect? Because if it doesn't, then I want to deal with the disappointment that might have come through the disconnection. I want to I go, hey, I'm sorry, and clean up my mess. So it, it's not that when we ask for feedback, it's not that we're not trusting ourselves to hear from the Lord. It's, it's we want to we make sure everybody is okay. Does that make sense? Um, it's like, are you good if we just keep going? Okay. <laughs> um, there's a woman right in front of me, like, I don't know, six rows back. You're having a, an orange shirt, and then you have a shirt over it, and your hair is short blonde. No. You, yes. You can stand up. If I can get some of my team. I'm sorry. It's really hard. I just see an orange shirt. It's you. No, no. I'm sorry. No, the lady behind you. Yes, with the sweater. Yes, thank you. Um, it's hard to see, guys. I'm sorry. The volume. I should put my sunglasses on. I'll really be from California. Um, <laughs> actually, I grew up in California, and I moved to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's home. My family's from here. Um, what's your name? What's your name? Diane. Diane. Okay. Diane, is there? Thank you. The light. Okay. Um, has there been a divorce in your family, either yourself or your kids? Or, or separation? Brokenness? Yeah, I, you lost your husband. Okay. Okay. I, I heard the word brokenness over you, and I felt like it had to do, and I, I'm, again, guys, I missed it because I thought I interpreted myself, and I said it's divorce or separation, but that's not what God was doing. I heard the Lord say brokenness over you, and, I, and, it, and it is connected to your husband that you lost. You said seven years ago? Months ago. Seven months ago. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I hear the Lord say that he grieved with you. That when you are alone, I I saw that he sent angels around you to say that he loves you and you're not alone. That the broken parts of you in this, in this loss may have felt so much, so painful. I hear the Lord say those were beautiful to me. 
The moments that you were actually angry with God were beautiful to him. The vulnerability and the rawness of what you went, you've been going through for the last seven months, God is saying, Diana, that it actually it makes him smile because he loves you so much. And he's like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you through this. And then I hear the Lord say, it's, you know, it's not something, I'm trying to, the brokenness that you have from losing your husband, God is going to give you healing. And because of how tender it is, it's not that it's going to happen right away because God wants to go on this journey with you. And the, and the, the reason, guys, because we're teaching through this, the reason why I took a moment is because I, I don't want you to think, like, that God wants you to be in pain, that God wants you to have trauma from this brokenness. I want you to know that, like, he sees where you're at, and he's not going to rush your healing. He's going to be with you in your healing. He's going to be with you in the intimacy times. That he doesn't want you to forget your husband and all of the good times. I also hear the Lord say, just as he talks about, you know, the, the widows, there's so many miracles in the Bible about widows. And I hear the Lord say that through this loss, you're going to begin to see miracles. Um, you're going to see things just show up out of nowhere that you've actually lost for a really long time. Because, like, so here's a testimony that I hear the Lord saying to give you. This is super random. But in October, I was in Denver, and I lost an earring that was really important to me. I was in the Denver airport, and I lost it. And I couldn't find it. And I've been praying, God, I want my earring back. I want my earring back. And I know it's just an earring, but it had to do with a, a trip I went on and a relationship I have, and it was really important to me. Well, as we were getting here to get here on the plane in the Denver airport, I lost the earring in the parking lot of the Denver airport. When I was getting off my chair in the Denver airport, the earring was on the seat. The one I lost was on my seat inside the airport. And I hear the Lord, and I'm sharing this testimony to build your faith that that's the kind of miracles that God wants to do in your life through this loss that you've had. I know that's a long way, but again, we're teaching, right? So we sometimes give testimonies to help build our faith in prophecy. And I, I hear the Lord saying that because of this, this moment of healing, these, these times of intimacy with him where you're vulnerable and you're real and he loves it and he thinks it's beautiful and it's glorious, miracles are going to become normal for you. Things that are lost, items, relationships, money, is going to become normal for you because of the loss you just had. God wants to restore the loss is what I hear the Lord saying. And I feel like also there's been times where you felt like, I don't know what I'm going to do. As you're looking through bills, as you're dealing with the things we have to deal with when we lose a significant other, there's this, these moments of just despair. And I hear the Lord say, I've already taken care of it all. That hope, I hear him say, hope is your name. And then when you're, I know your name's not hope, but... Um, when you're in those moments of despair, just hold on to that word of hope and say, you know, hope actually is going to make a way for you. 
when it seems like there's no way. I hear the Lord say that there's going to be times where money's just going to show up. People are going to come up to you and go, hey, I feel like God told me to give you these $10. And maybe $10 doesn't solve the whole problem, but that's actually a sign from God saying, I'm going to take care of the whole problem. All of this to say, God just wants you to know you're not alone. You may have lost your husband, but he did not leave you, and he's taking care of you, and there's more for you. So we just, we just bless you. We bless you with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That you would be so close to you in every moment. That you would hear his voice so clearly. That his presence would be in your home everywhere that you go. And you would even just feel his presence now. You would feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Does that resonate with you? Well, I think so. my team's still praying over yeah. So yeah, that's another thing with prophecy. Katie did it, such a great job. You bless people, you release the word. So that it comes, you know, you're, you're giving it up to the Lord. Yeah. All right, can I get um, my all my team up here? What we're gonna do now is um, the students are gonna line up. And if you just, you desire a word from the Lord, they're going to be up here to give that to you. I suggest you bring your phone up with you so you can record it because like Katie has talked about, it's very important you take these words before the Lord. Um, also, if you need prayer, I just, I feel a word of knowledge that someone needs healing in their right knee. <laughs> I laugh because this just keeps happening. We're getting healings in your right knee. I hurt my right knee about three weeks ago. I wasn't even able to walk. So I understand why God's trying to heal knees. <laughs> because before this trip, I was on crutches. They were all like, how are you going to get to the airport? So, um, but we just feel like there's, there's just like this healing on your right knee. So come find somebody up here to pray over that for you if that's you. Left knee too, both knees. Yesterday we were praying over homeless and there was a guy, um, he wasn't homeless, but there was a guy that had a thing with his knee and he, he felt the pain disappear. So if you have either knees, pain in either of your knees, come on up. Otherwise, just come on up if for prayer. If you need healing, if you want just an encouraging word, you can come up and get a, um, a word. And if you need to go, you can go. We're finished. Uh, quick announcement though, this afternoon, Katie and I are going to be teaching on deliverance, um, on how you do deliverance on yourself and others, and what is deliverance. So I don't know what time that is. We're just going to do it at 5 o'clock. We're going to be back here at 5 o'clock to teach on that. If you want to come, you'll probably receive deliverance. Um, it's something both of us really carry. So yeah. Thanks guys. Come on up. If you want a word or you want prayer, come on up.
Sí, sí.